leadership, legacy, and love. This is Russell Fugit. And uh, hope everyone had a happy and safe Thanksgiving. This is YOLO Thanksgiving episode. You only live once. Because that's how so many Americans seem to proceed <laughs> during this most recent Thanksgiving holiday. We're about 10 days out now. And, of course, the news is telling us that, you know, hospital Sorry, hospitals across the country as full as ever. We're getting into overflow capacity. And just the, the disconnect that so many of my fellow Americans seem to have is really startling. Um, <laughs> my mama said, you don't want to tempt God, you know, right? Um, and, and folks just want to gather and uh, think that a, t- a clear test is going to be a good result. Of course, that's only a snapshot in in time and it's almost like a sports analogy you're only as good as your last game well you're only as good as the last time you went out and didn't put on a mask or decide to gather in a large group inside etc you know etc etc if you didn't wash your hands you know you know, whatever if you were kind of reckless but you know we, i think hand washing thing is not as big of a deal i think really it's a it's an airborne virus a gathering uh in, in closed groups is where the risk in this thing will just spread like wildfire. Um, you know, I have contacts at the CDC, and um, some of the stories I heard last week <laughs> are um, not surprising. As, as you know, they're, they're shocking, but they're not surprising, right? Um, and so, just trying to wrap my mind around the disconnect and the arrogance and the pride um, that so many folks seem to be having around this virus is I had a very interesting conversation with my daughter who's three years old and um was kind of pissed off last week at one point just because you know my daughter does go to a daycare she's three and it's been great it's been no issues but there was a a student who allegedly uh was showing symptoms and they shut things down for a couple days and um it was inferred that this person's, this child's family had traveled for Thanksgiving. So their test came back negative and we're, so we're in the clear. Um, but it just, you know, it's angering. <laughs> you know, like, yo, like, uh, it's like apparently someone, Wolf Blitzer said Thanksgiving's canceled and apparently someone I know like freaked out like <laughs> about the implication. Like it's Thursday, have dinner and be with your people in your house and chill out. Um, now, the holidays, admittedly, are not a thing for me. I, you know, I'm not that into it. And that's a, another episode for another day. Um, I love Christmas for my my girls, but I'm content just to be still and be in a small group anyway. That's just kind of me. Um, and, and coming from a family um, where my parents, you know, were never together in my memory. Um you know, the holidays have always been a traveling, a challenging time having to like split my time and my energy. And as a kid, having some very painful memories of folks, my family saying things to me that were very hurtful about, you know, where I, what my choice I made. Um, and so it's always been, then there's, you know, later on in life, sometimes just financial pressure or you become aware of other family members, family members having financial pressure and literally not showing up because they can't afford gifts for folks. And, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. So there's a lot of issues there with me and the holidays. It's like, it's a good time to rest and reboot, whether it was for school or for my business or what, or work, whatever I was doing. But so maybe it's a little bit easier for me 
and I also have to remember that uh, you know I have a degree in, in uh, decision sciences, which a big part of that is risk management. And so it's uh, pretty simple. You know, you put on a mask. You you know got to stay away from folks, which is hard. You can't gather. I miss going to sporting events and concerts and you know boxing matches. I keep looking and thinking of all the things I've done in the last few years that aren't happening right now. I miss you know gathering in large groups. Um, to do certain things and certain activities this time of year there's a lot of holiday parties and networking events and it's fun to get dressed up and and go out and put a tie on and since january i think <laughs> so but anyway i had a conversation with my three-year-old and um you know she's three so they're not requiring her to wear a mask at her school i think if you're five and up at her daycare and some of her classmates do but i think most do not i, I can't really tell i'm not allowed to go inside of course and um, so we had a very interesting conversation. I was like, baby, I'd like for you to start, you know, wearing your, your mask. And she said, I don't, I don't want to wear my mask at school. I don't, I don't want to. I don't have to. I don't want to. I said, why not? You wear it with us. And I just want you to be safe. I think it might just be a little better, a little safer for you if you if you wore a mask. And she, and she said, well, I like wearing a mask on uh, stay home days, as she calls them, when I'm with you and mommy and, and we're at home and, and it's OK but I don't, I don't, I don't want to wear one at school all day. I said, well, why not? She said, well, coronavirus isn't going to come to school. I'm not, it's, it's fine. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get coronavirus at school. Like almost like silly daddy. So I had to laugh and it's just so fascinating to have a three-year-old that can have this level of conversation. But it also, I felt like encapsulated the attitude of a lot of adults. Like, well, I'm not going to get coronavirus with my family. <laughs> I'm not going to catch it if I just go here and hang out with my friends and have a beer and don't wear a mask. So it's like the same three-year-old logic. So it's very fascinating, and it just told me that at our roots as human beings, this is our, our how we rationalize things, right? Because she's three, and, and she's you know very much who God made her in ways good and gay, in ways we have to work with and improve upon, um, you know, with her as a three-year-old and as all three-year-olds. Um, but I think it speaks to the root as who we are as, as human. You know, yeah, I'm comfortable doing it here, but I ain't, I don't need to do it there, right? Like. You know, nothing's going to happen to me here. I'm, I feel safe in this environment with my family. And so, um, you know, I just hope as many families as possible, of course, to dodge the bullet. And I just feel for my family, my, my not my family, my friends, a number of few of which I have um, in the nursing profession. And someone said they feel like it's just a total disrespect um, to the nurses. And, you know, we're at war. And would you disrespect our military and our frontline service folks if we had to sacrifice as my grandparents did during World War Two? Um, for us to win the war, right? Like, but folks won't sacrifice. It's just very profoundly fascinating and troubling. And a lot of what I've said on this podcast this year, I've spoken to how troubled I am by the spirit of America, by our values, very selfish, very self-centered, very, very egotistical, um, and an inability to sacrifice. Um, I learned at a school I went to called Georgetown Prep, I had a great professor, teacher, who I think has since passed away, Mr. Napolitano, who uh, taught about delayed, we, I think it was like religion and ethics, and we learned about delayed gratification and just the inability of anyone to delay gratification. And just stay healthy. You know, the vaccines are coming, um, therapeutics and other treatments are coming. And the coronavirus, as I've said, I think in this space before, will always be with us, like the flu and other diseases, but there'll be uh, simulim, uh, solutions, medicines, vaccinations that will allow us to precise um, in a more normal fashion. Although I don't we will not go back to how we were in, in so many ways. And I think there'll still be instances where if someone has a cold or the sniffles, you might put a mask on until you, you know, get diagnosed 
and get that cleared up. Now they're saying they're going to have sometime next year, um, hopefully having a test you can just get over the counter to get rapid COVID test results within an hour in your own home, right? So, you know, the world's going to change. The world is changing and we're going to get through this. But the inability of folks to sacrifice, uh, you know, is really um, just uh, shocking. In YOLO, people will, you know, people say I only live, you know, YOLO, you only live once for those of you who don't know the term, the slang. We just had the YOLO Thanksgiving and, um, you know, people out here on social media calling folks, uh, you know, snowflakes. <laughs> I told my wife to be a living snowflake than a dead wolf or whatever, however you want to put it. I had to be alive, not on a ventilator. I mean, you know, not not taking up a hospital bed for me really needed more than me. If I even just get a little sick, but I have to go to the hospital for a few days. Like there's just so many, you know. The idea of community and selflessness, uh, which are very Christian values and values I hold dear, and they're not easy values to uphold on a moment-by-moment, day-by-day basis. But man, um, so this moment has just required so much for us as Americans, and we failed, and there's no other way to look at it. We failed. We failed our neighbors. We failed our family. We failed our friends. Um, You know, it says 71% of African Americans know someone who's died of covid um, I don't think I know anyone, but I know a lot of people who've gotten it. And I know a number of people who've lost family members, including one person who's lost multiple family members to this virus. Um, so it's, you know, it's very real to me in my social media feed and even with people I uh, talk to on a weekly basis. And this is right. Who've you know, got it, but are younger and healthier and, and shook it off and, and moved on, but nonetheless got it right. And, um and, and truly, from what I've gathered, really to know their own, tr- trying to go about life and working and, and picked it up, you know, and there's no guarantee. And some people would say, well, you're taking your daughter to school. You're going to pick it up. You know, we're all accepting risks. After that, too, that everybody has their own risk tolerance. Um, and, we're, you know, anytime you step out the door, yeah, you get struck by lightning and hit by a car shot. You know, <laughs> you could trip off the curb and fall and hit your head and die. I mean, you know, there's so many. Everybody says, well, you know, so so why not just go out without a mask? I say, well. You know, you still look both ways when you cross the street. You still put a seatbelt on, you know, um, you know, (laughs) so let's just put a mask on. Like, yeah, you don't know, you know, um, when your life is over and when and how that might occur. But as my mother said, you don't want to tempt God. Right. And if it's something very simple you can do, especially if it's only for a temporary uh, period, which, of course, life is temporary. Right. But, you know, relatively speaking, then why can't we do it? Um, so I'm, I'm just I remain, I continue to be baffled and just have to remind myself of my unique worldview and my values. But I just thought more folks shared values. I thought um, more folks would not allow our president and others to so easily stroke their egos um, around being able to just carry on life and not let the virus stop you. Um, that the future was more valuable than the present, right? The hope for something better for your family, that if you could remain in good health and have longevity, that there's still so much work to be done in the earth to achieve things. And I see folks who are Christian who are just carrying on like, like normal. No, I don't know. It, 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 it doesn't say good things to me about who people are. Um, and that's, that's very judgmental, but this is my podcast. And so are my thoughts. It's my little journal. For my daughters, if you don't like it, you can comment or you can stop listening. <laughs> but I'm just I'm just, you know, it's just fascinating. It's a fascinating time. And I hope everybody can 
can stay well and, and, and rebound from this. Uh, it's an interesting piece in the uh, New York Times that talked about um, talked about the messaging. And, you know, we've had been having this conversation around messaging and you know, defund the police and what Obama said about that. And I might get into that in my next episode and talk about some more of the political things. Although I'm a little bit politically exhausted um, at the moment, having, you know, really tracked the election and the issues very closely for two months leading up to it. All the podcasts are about the same things and I don't even want to listen anymore. <laughs> I, need a, I need a break. I need to, some headspace to think about some other things for, for myself for 2021. Um, I don't think there's any new insights out there right now on a lot of topics. We'll just see what the president-elect does and how things proceed. But the article talked about the fear, you know, and talked about the cigarette smoking article and how um, the person that had to breathe out of their throat and, and talk out of their throat because they got throat cancer from cigarettes like that scared people. Right. Like there's research that showed that after the big um, settlement with the tobacco companies and they ran those ads, those ads worked. Right. And like teenage and young people smoking went down and the number of smokers, period, went down dramatically, like in the, in the I think the late 90s into the aughts. Right. And so why why is our messaging been so soft peddling about the, the, the consequences of catching covid? Right. Um, about you know dying in the hospital, um, and it's not fear mongering as much as just it's the cold reality, right, of cause and effect. And you know, going back to our children, you know, it's cause and effect. If you, you know, something if this happens, then this could happen, right? And when we discipline our kids, it's the same thing. You know, if you drive down the street really fast without a seatbelt and you crash, you're gonna go through the windshield and you might die. Like it's you know the the, the crash test dummy. Buckle your seatbelt commercials growing up is another great example, right? Like cause and effect. Um, it's really simple. Um, so as opposed to soft peddling the message around, oh, just hop on Zoom and keep your grandmother healthy. It's, you know, so they don't get sick. Like, no, like stay away from your grandmother. She doesn't, she doesn't die like on a ventilator alone in a hospital room or in a garage in an overflow hospital. I mean, you know, like it's just the reality. Um, it's just the reality. And then, you know, how the messaging was missed that you know and it's just the politics i guess of the time and of the year and the folks just thought this was a new york city disease and a san francisco la disease and and you know and and the only certain folks in urban areas were going to get it <laughs> and i won't even get into the racial um dynamics and implications of that you know that that trump certainly stirred up and stoked um you know with the name you know the derogatory name um, he used to describe the disease, um, the virus, based on its country of uh, supposed country of origin, and um, but the, you know the understanding this the, the reality and the, the fundamentals of you know to not, to not have the uh, uh, basic fundamental rigor to understand news and then the fundamentals of how this disease spreads and to know that inevitably if we didn't contain it better, but even still it would reach every corner of this country. And now it has, and we've not contained it at all. It's reaching it in devastating proportions. Um, so we'll see what the uh, Christmas, uh, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah holidays have in stores. People will inevitably continue to gather and proceed with life. And you know, COVID is now the number one cause of death in America. So it's just a devastating time that we're in. And... I think as you look outward and see the world and understand uh, humanity for what it is and who who it is and who we are, I think you're just forced to reflect and go deeper and go more inward um, and press into 
to understand who God is more and how to operate and how to position yourself in this moment, in this season, and how to reposition yourself going forward once this season passes. Um, because we knew it would be dark. We knew it would be um, sad. Um, and and I, I had that sense um, strongly from my prayer time at the very beginning of all this. Um, but of course, to see it play out in this way is, is unthinkable and unknowable going back eight months. And now it's just still shocking to see it all unfold um, so devastatingly. So lucky for me, um, everyone in my family has uh, been healthy. And you know, those who've gotten tested, I've been tested twice and have been negative, including last week, just to avoid double, double you know, belts and suspenders in case my daughter was exposed, which she was not. Um, you know, life is going on as best we can, um, but in a you know even more limited fashion than what we enjoyed during the summer and warmer months. Um, certainly, and you know, very much increasing our restrictions. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, YOLO, you only live once. But man, I want to have a, like an, I want to have at least another fifty or sixty Thanksgivings. That'll put me at about a hundred ninety some hundred years old, and so I can sit this one out. And, uh, and not gather in a large group. And that's what we did. And we had a wonderful, peaceful time. Um, and sometimes I wonder if folks just, uh, in the course of psychological damage, and I wonder about Thanksgiving, if people seem to just be unable psychologically to be with themselves. And as a person of faith, sometimes you've got to be with yourself and just sit and just sit and sit with God and just listen, right? And be alone and be quiet. And there's been so much noise in this season, you know, um, so much, even if you're, you know, you're, you're home in front of a screen, but there's still so much noise. So are you able to sit with yourself? Right. And a lot of people can't for whatever reason, they can't, they can't sit with themselves and, and be alone and be quiet and be still. Right. Um, and just take that time away from everything, from everyone. So I know it's hard. I know it's a psychological toll. Um, but you know, you know, I believe through Christ we can endure, right? We can endure, and the suffering of this season compared to the season that my grandparents, my grandfathers, who both served in World War II, had to endure, and in, in other previous generations, and my great grandparents who endured, and my grandparents who I think were born into, or you know, right out of the um, the Great Depression, and the values that I know they share with me, based on coming up in the time of of true lack and scarcity, um, I understand. And then, of course, seeing so many people in the bread lines on that note right now, I'm hoping and praying that Congress can get its act together to pass this 900 some billion dollar package for folks um, to continue to have benefits and that we can stop the eviction crisis. The story on 60 Minutes last night about the ev eviction crisis that's already happening and another wave that could happen at the end of this month of December 2020. My wife and I just cried, you know, during it. It's just so hard to watch and feel like there's so little we can do um, to end it, um, to have an impact. So there's some other service opportunities through our church that we're going to be doing. And I think we're looking at you know, end of year giving, giving and what else we can do. But it's just when we as a society, we choose to have a structure that permits these inhumane outcomes when we're the wealthiest nation in the history of our planet <laughs> known history of our planet and we choose to have people and children on the street and choose to have people who are hungry when there's this tremendous wealth 
Um, when there's people who have wealth they can spend in a hundred lifetimes, <laughs> um, it's hard. It's hard to to understand. It's hard to understand why there's not uh, more generosity from the billionaire class to give it away because you can't take it with you. And I much rather have social capital than financial capital. Maybe that's why you know I've been a scruffling entrepreneur for 10 years because <laughs> I value relationships over transaction that's who, but that's who Jesus is so maybe that's just you know that's the kingdom way I value I want to be relational I want to be transactional so yeah if I had a billion dollars I man I'd be I'd at least be trying to probably figure out how I could you know get rid of 999 million and <laughs> not at one time but I I, I know I, I would like to believe that um, to some extent and perhaps one day I'll have this uh, this time to prove it I pray I do to figure out how do you efficiently and effectively give it away to increase capacity and opportunity and to just meet fundamental needs, food, housing, um, clothing, um, education. You know, you want to give a man a fish, but then you also the next day when they've been fed and clothed, you want to teach him the fish, right? Um, so I hope as a country, we can begin to model that more um, with how we spend our, our tax dollars, how we allocate money. Um, so to see this, there's so much work that needs to be done. And I've said that here in this space. And um, I just hope everyone will, you know, who may have gotten through Thanksgiving um, will reconsider um, what they do for the Christmas, you know, winter holidays that they may celebrate, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, and, and reconsider um, you know, you dodged a bullet once. Great. Let's not tempt fate again. Let's be thoughtful of our hospital frontline staff who are the front line of this war against this virus. Let's be considerate of them and not overrun our hospitals. And let's think about what we can do to, you know, be less of consumers and more generous to our frontline staff. But to those who are lack, who are truly in lack because of loss of income, loss of housing, loss of health, loss of a loved one. What can we do, even this season of being distant, that we can still be close and be intimate and, and share the love of God um, and generosity uh, with others in this season? That is a painful season um, for so many and has at times been a painful season for me. So I understand that. Um, and I hope we can think more about that and less about ourselves. And it's hard. It's hard in this environment, particularly in this time. But that's when it's required and that's when if we can press into God to find a way to do that that's where the growth happens and that's the beautiful thing that I like for all of us to, to do and if more of us can do I think you know we can improve and impact our society and that's me ending on a helpful and optimistic note um, if you haven't already please uh, like subscribe and comment on this podcast please check out necessarytroubleshow.com we've done some great work on that project um, still haven't decided what the next steps are exactly, but we have a few things cooking and I'm going to share more about that here as I document and journal on with my life. Um, but necessary troubleshow.com go on YouTube, look it up. Necessary trouble show Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram, uh, Twitter. It's the underscore NT underscore show and, and share it. Check out some of the back episodes. Um, we have some new episodes coming out in the next couple weeks leading up to the I think the 17th is going to be our last episode of 2020 and we've just done great work there and really proud of that and what i th think god is trying to 
take me with that platform. I got to lean into that more and, and really get a stronger sense. Have a few ideas floating in my head, and um, but I want to make it a platform for others, right? And to tell others stories that I don't think are being told, that should be told, right? Um, and voices that need to be heard. Um, even if I don't agree, we don't always agree. I think there's still voices that need to be heard um, and included, right? And and that's who that's who Christ was, right? Um, he included all the voices, even if he then had to gently correct. And that's not to say I'm going to be doing the gentle correction, but the voice was heard, right? Because they were loved and made in the image of God and respected and therefore heard in love, right? And in truth and in integrity. And so it's a beautiful thing when it when it can work and it takes uh, us to do the work, to have the courage to be who God calls us to be in these difficult times, these difficult moments. So love your family. If you have a healthcare worker and your family, support them, bring them a meal, you know, ask them for something you can do for them, for their kids, for their family. Um, if you have a neighbor who had COVID like we had earlier this summer, a single mom nurse, you know, take them some food, do something, show up. Stay distant, put a mask on, but show up, right? So I know it's, 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 it's contradictory, but we have to shift our thinking in this moment. We have to prayerfully renew our mind in this moment and lean in on those fruits of the Holy Spirit, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, patience, peace, goodness, forbearance, and uh, love. So on that note, thanks for listening to Leadership, Legacy, and Love. Um, you can follow me at Russell Fugit across social media. And if you took a listen, Thanks. And uh, we'll probably get back in here at least one more time, I think, before we get to the end of 2020. Um, we'll see what we want to chop it up about. I've been debating if I want to find another guest to have a conversation. And um, you know, I have a special lady I live with <laughs> who I've wanted to get on here to chat because it's been such an interesting year for her and for us as a couple and as a family. Um, and I've wanted to get her to talk on the record, but we'll see if I can coax her into it. So. I couldn't love you if I didn't love you. Uh, I welcome all the feedback and comments and encouragement on this podcast. But if nothing else, Natalie and Paige, I love you. And thanks for listening to Leadership Legacy. Legacy.